welcome to a very special Amazing Race 26 interview episode of the URT Mumba podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me is the guy who would curate an Amazing Race museum. Some may call him an Amazing Race professor, and he's got the elbow patches to prove it, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. And even more awesomely, we're joined by the small town sweethearts, because I refuse to call you Truck Stop Love, Logan <laughs> Michelle. Hey! <laughs> yeah, CBS came up with Truck Stop Love, didn't they? You guys yeah. are the small town sweethearts. And yes. That- and we that are. is what we will be calling you, and have called you all season. <laughs> we were actually, um, we they asked us to like pitch them a hashtag, so we suggested the small town sweethearts, and they said they that loved they, it. they loved it. They're like, that's the best one we got. And then we're watching the first episode, and it was drugs <laughs> up love. And we're like, no, this is the worst <laughs> hashtag ever. Well, to be fair, last season we had I griped a lot about the hashtags and them being very tenuous, but there weren't <laughs> many awful ones this season. But you guys are the small town sweethearts. You're not truck stop love because it is not a truck stop. It's, it's a gas station, guys. Yes, it is a gas. To be clear, it's a gas station, straight up. It ha- is not and has not ever been the truck stop. No, <laughs> and no. we're not truck drivers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although you were very close to being monster truck drivers. Yes, that would have been awesome. But... <laughs> you can tweet us using the hashtag Yatancast as always, or email us at yatancast at gmail.com. And we are very, very excited, as I've already mentioned, to talk to you guys and cut through the crap and see what this season was really about. So we should probably start with the boring question that everyone's been asking. Mike, have you played the Splatoon demo? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> I did, it was awesome. I woke up at, well, Rochelle had to go to work after a night out at like 6am, so I just woke up with her, and I think she was thinking I was just being nice and waking up early with her, but as soon as she went to work, I, split, I played the Splatoon demo, and it was awesome, and I can't wait to buy it. <laughs> I've been following my pre-order very desperately, hoping it's going to come early. Because I'm off on Wednesday, and I'm hoping and praying that because it's a bank holiday over here, they're going to dispatch it on Tuesday to try and be early, and it'll come on Wednesday, so that I can just play the absolute shit out of it. <laughs> I don't think Rochelle's going to see me for a week. You're going to be a Splatoon. <laughs> Especially as Mike and I are Wii U friends, so we will probably end up playing against each other at some point. Yeah, we could. There we go. <laughs> Probably, thankfully for you, they have not got voice chat because it will just be expletives from my end when I keep when I keep dying like on the demo last night. <laughs> so yes, we've got a lot of questions that people wanted to ask. So we are going to start with a question from Kurt Rechel, who says, "Were there any storylines that the race uh, had that didn't get aired that you wish did?" I don't really think so. There was, they like to follow, the, the big thing was the blind daters, so they followed them pretty much. Um, Blair and Haley not getting along so much, they followed that. Um, our kind of underdog story, they followed. There were certain things that, like, we switched uh, detours a lot, um, so, like, there's a lot of times that they didn't show, both of them. Um, in Germany, we actually tried the beer challenge first. And I drank some beer, <laughs> and then I drove, I drove the car, so... <laughs> Um, so we filled out that miserably and went on, but I don't think they had enough time uh, to show all of our um, messes that we would... One, one thing they didn't show, though, was in Phuket, that the, actually they tried to put the save in this season. If you just both sides of the detour, you could have got the save. I think the Olympians and Blair and Haley tried for it, and nobody got it, so they just kind of nixed that idea. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's 
actually quite interesting and sounds like the sort of thing we would have lied about in our fake podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah, that was in Phuket. I was surprised, actually, that John and Harley didn't try that save because they were so far behind. So if they would have just completed both of the, both of those challenges, they would have been saved. Yeah, I don't know if they, like, nixed the save, like, before they got there or what, but that was one thing I was shocked about. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be eliminated from the race, why not do both detours and get the save and then be in it? But I don't know. Yeah, like Rochelle said, they could have just, like, switched the clues up, and when they got to the detours, they could have just threw them, thrown the save away. I don't know. But... Yeah. That was the leg with the um, wakeboarding and the zip lining. Yeah. Yep. I can vouch, having tried out wakeboarding, that it is hard as hell. So I can understand why they didn't try it, but... Yeah. Why we didn't take that. that <laughs> no. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I got the opportunity to go wakeboarding, and it was absolutely freezing cold. It was so much fun, but God, I couldn't do it again. We didn't want another ice ice skating fiasco, so we're like, let's just stay away. Yeah, I can understand how you can try and avoid getting injured when wakeboarding, because it's quite dangerous. I mean, I I nearly got my shoulders pulled out because of it. Dang. Because it was on a cable, and uh, they accidentally sped it up to maximum for the last second as they were pulling me in, so I was just sort of getting dragged, either dragged up towards the tower where they had the cable going around, or getting my shoulders pulled out. Oh, man. <laughs> we would have not got first place. <laughs> now, that, that's the sort of thing where you you sort of think, uh, should I win a trip to Prague or should I get the save? Yeah, our our trip total is going to be worth more than the save was. So. And actually, by the time that you came in last, you probably wouldn't have been able to use the save anyway. Yeah, you'd have to use it by the eighth leg, so we wouldn't even have to use it. So good thing, trip to Prague, worth it. On the subject of your trip to Prague, Beep 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 from Reddit wants to know who's going on the trip that you won to Prague. Oh, uh, we both are. We're yeah. going there. Have you booked it yet? Or, uh... No. No. We haven't gotten it yet, and I think we're actually going to probably wait till next spring, or um, probably around May, because we were talking to one of our camera guys who's from there, and he said that was probably the best time to go because it gets really touristy and busy, so we're going to probably wait a year. And they have a new beer pipeline they're building in Prague, so <laughs> I'm excited for that. <laughs> Wait till that's built. And if nothing else, you can go on Amazing Race tours while you're there, because Amazing Race has been there quite a few times worldwide. Oh yeah, there we go. See. Yeah, just keep going to Prague Castle like we did. <laughs> just go to the Holy Statue on the Charles Bridge, that sort of thing. There we go. See, I'm, I'm coming up with things while you're ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sofa Pizza on Reddit wants to know, knowing how it went now, would you still have switched details from the bricks to the uh, dams in Peru? I think so, because at that point, honestly, that we we weren't getting it, and we started arguing, and we weren't on the same page at all. And Laura and Tyler were pretty far ahead of us um, on that challenge. At that point, they already had gotten it down, and they were starting to make like perfect bricks, and we were still clueless. And we knew that at that point, um, we were, it was a fight between us, us two teams. And I just thought it was probably, you know, the best gamble to take. You know, we knew there was no way we were going to beat them at that. So our only chance of beating them to, you know, the mat was to go take a risk and do the dance challenge. And although it didn't work in our favor, there, 
we would have lost either way, you know? Yeah, the only hiccup they had was when they had the broken brick. They showed on TV, at least, so they had the broken brick, so that would have gave us a few minutes ahead, or a few minutes leeway on there, but I don't think we would have came out in time, and then we would have gotten to the roadblock, and that was a big fiasco, so I don't think... It was worth the chance to maybe it being an easier, you know, challenge for us, which it was not. And but... I personally enjoyed the dance, so I'm glad we did <laughs> Yeah, he loved the dance. <laughs> I must say that uh, that leg was just great for Ro- Rochelle reactions from the getting absolutely <laughs> taken out by the boat. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't even show the half of that. that was... Oh, and uh, also <laughs> sort of comp- yeah. comparing your reaction to Maya's reaction when she found out about the final four. She's like, what? And I was like, oh, my God. Oh. I'm so happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, I was a hot mess at that point. But I was in the water. They didn't really show it, but I was in that, the ocean for about an hour, I would say. And at that point, we could see Laura and Tyler. They didn't choose the final, inter- like, at the end of the interview, after you check in. They didn't choose that location very well because we could see on the cliff Laura and Tyler already doing their like final interview. So at that point, we knew we were done. At least they didn't do what they did in Amazing Race Canada and have Laura and Tyler zipline over you. Because that would have <laughs> been really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I rewatched that elimination episode again and it still annoys me because Zuki and Jinder were my favourite team. It still annoys me that they did that and just both of their reactions crying because they know and don't want to tell the other person that they're out. <laughs> Malka Malka from Reddit says, why do you think you had so many troubles during the race, especially towards the end? On the last two legs we had, it was horrible cab trouble. Um, our navigation skills were pretty good. Until we got those bad cab drivers. I mean, we just took the wrong car in Peru. We checked in third. Was it third? In the, yeah. the first time, yeah. So, like, we, we were ahead of Laura and Tyler, and we were confident going in, and then all of a sudden our cab starts. He was just coasting. Like, even our camera guy and our audio guy are, like, looking at us. Like, they're speaking in Spanish to the driver and telling him, like, hey, you know, start your car. Don't just coast down the hill using your handbrake. But um, that was just terrible. And then when we got to Dallas, we were in first place, and... Just cab trouble, and that was that was the number one thing that I was afraid of on this race was getting eliminated. That was you know by something that wasn't in our control, and it happened. But it was just totally cab drivers for the last two legs. And I mean, we struggled a lot on the race, but we also had a lot of um, good moments too. And it wasn't all struggle for us, but unfortunately, that's pretty much all you see on TV because <laughs> <laughs> it's way more entertaining when we're struggling. But um, I mean, a lot of the time we were doing all right, you know. Yeah, I, think. I mean, it would show like on TV they would just like to focus on the moments where we did kind of have a little, <laughs> little trouble. <laughs> but but it wasn't easy by any means. None of it was. Easy it was a hard. Yeah, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. So, do you think you would have done better at the final leg from uh, the previous season with the final four twist, with the self drive first bit? Um, I think with the self-drive, yes, but, like, the challenge of the, the crates, or, like, the shipping deck or whatever they had to memorize looked super hard. And I think with our finale, our final leg, it was pretty, I mean, straightforward monster trucks, selfie challenges. We didn't even take that many selfies, so I think we would have done amazing at that. Um, I mean, rappelling down the tower, Rochelle's afraid of heights, she had to do it. That may have been a little bit of our, you know, a choke, but I think... I mean, being in the final leg, she'd have been fine. You know, just, I think the initial, 
I think everybody actually at that tower, like initially doing it, was kind of like, uh, but then as soon as they seen like their harnesses and they were strapped on and how, you know, they just had to pull down the rope or whatever was fine. But I think overall, challenge wise, we would have been easier off this season. But if we could have just had the self drive, we <laughs> we'd have been in a lot better shape than we are now, mm-hmm. regardless of the stick shift. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the end of the race, we kind of got the stick shift out. <laughs> but... Well, it was like in Germany was really hard for us. But in Monaco, like, we didn't have any trouble, barely. There was a couple times I stalled out. But then when they, I was like, all right, I got stick shift down. I can drive a stick shift now. And then they throw in the element of Africa when you're driving on the opposite side of the road. And like, and, the, and the opposite side of the car, too. So you're uh, shifting with the other hand. Yeah, so yeah. I was just like, thanks, guys. This is great. This is the way <laughs> they make it. Yeah, and also animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's giraffes running around. <laughs> Just got to watch out for rogue zebras. <laughs> yeah, every. Which I'm, sh- I'm sure is a lesson you've learned from the season, Mike. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I hate zebras now. Sandy Cruto from Facebook asked, "Just how close did?" The- oh, it was very, it was close. <laughs> it was very close, but luckily the the race they provided us with fanny packs, and we had both of our passports in the fanny pack, the selfie cam. And a bunch of clues and money, so it was very padded. <laughs> so, so the fanny pack saved me, and I got it. Actually, clipped a little bit of my ring finger, and my finger. You still have like a bruise like, on your nail from that. It was like it was swelling up pretty bad and stuff like that. But I was like, you can hit my finger all day as long as that fanny pack <laughs> saved me. I was lucky. I think every guy watching that just sort of winced when they saw that. <laughs> yeah, it was felt like I see my life flash before my. Eyes. <laughs> Wound up better than it could have been. Yeah, so see future sw- small town sweethearts going out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I also love the fact that you guys have basically struck up an international friendship. I love that you and you just love Kat and Jesse. They're awesome. They're like our twins. Because <laughs> they came on, for the last interview, they spent three and a half hours with Ben and Michelle. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just sort of Facebook messaging them at the time, Ben and Michelle just going, what the hell, guys? Seriously, you're still talking. You do realise I have to edit this, right? <laughs> they seem pretty awesome. Oh, they, they were just so good. We only ended up cutting about 20 minutes of the three hours. It was awesome. They went into such detail, basically. It's just like Ben and Michelle really couldn't cut them short or anything. It was just awesome. <laughs> Uh, Mark Highfield from Facebook wants to know, if Haley and Jenny were trapped together in a maze, who would get out first? Oh, man. <laughs> in a maze? In a maze? Jenny. Jenny would think? get I think Jenny would get out I first. I think Jenny might overanalyze everything, though. <laughs> <laughs> she might, but yeah. Jenny's very... I mean, as we've, we've seen with Haley, she's not very good with her sense of direction. She couldn't find those flags in the final episode. Oh but Jenny is very... Jenny... <laughs> if Jenny didn't find the exit of that maze... There would be problems everywhere. <laughs> Jenny's very, as you've seen, they they showed a little bit of me um, after Jenny and Jelani got U-turned. Yeah, uh, she was furious, and she's very. She's like, she's such a competitor, and she, she's so like her eyes on the prize. She's, I don't know, I've never seen anything like that. But as long as Blair wasn't there, though, I guess Haley could get out. <laughs> yeah, as long as Blair's not in the maze, she was Haley has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blair is just Haley's worst nightmare. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not distracting it. She'd turn a corner in the maze and there's Blair standing. <laughs> Come on, Blair! <laughs> uh. And, uh, how did the blind date couples act towards each other once the cameras were off? Did they go their separate ways or hang out from James Perrin? Well, we didn't get a lot of chance to hang out with each other, so maybe in Africa we got to spend some time as a group and stuff. But um, there, we they had a choice between separate rooms or not, and um, most of them chose separate rooms. Um, Except Jeff and Jackie. Jeff and Jackie, obviously. <laughs> well, we, we went into that in detail when uh, we did the podcast about the double date night. Yeah, we, we assumed it was a given. <laughs> <laughs> and we heard stories. <laughs> but yeah, everybody, they kind of just, they, I mean, they were like cool with each other and they were very friendly, but they just kind of... When it was time to shut down and check in at the end of the night, they would just go to their separate rooms and then wake up in the morning, which that was actually a big advantage because we had to remain 20 feet within each other at all times. Yeah. We so, didn't have a choice of a separate room. so there, there was like one time in Germany we were locked in a room for like 44 hours minus our extraordinary date night we went on. But <laughs> other than that, it was, yeah. Oh, is that the one in the observatory? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were you surprised that they didn't air that on uh, TV at all? No. (laughs) (laughs) It was really awkward, the date nights. And, like, by the end of, like, the last final legs, like, people were trying to give their date nights away because you soon find out that it's not really a date night. We were thinking, like, it would just be our camera crew, maybe, you know, like, our sound guy and the one camera guy. But we get there, and it was literally probably, like, 12... Like, ten cameras, yeah. like, all staring at us at, from different angles. <laughs> they were like, here, enjoy some appetizers. And we're just standing there like, uh. <laughs> but the one the one good thing about the date night was our, um, our uh, what, what are they, I don't know what they call them, but, like, every time we would check into a leg, there'd be, like, a producer or a leg producer or something mm-hmm. like that that would watch over us. Like a handler. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, both of them were awesome, Jen and I'm not sure the guy's name, but the guy was like, he was like, you had two bottles of champagne. I was like, can we at least take these back to the hotel? And he's like, yeah. So like, he ran down and got the bottles of champagne for us. So we got two nice bottles of champagne out of the whole deal. But, <laughs> and I mean, a star. And a star. Yeah, we got a star now. So if you guys will never look up in old space, and there's old Mike and Rochelle star up there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the date nights were very, like, produced, I guess. Um, so it was more, it wasn't just, a like, us going on a date. It was more of a... Production, I guess you could say. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't very relaxed. We had to wait around a lot. But the one Rochelle said that they, uh, Jenny and Jelani tried to give us their date night in Peru, and then I watched it on TV, and it was like... They had to eat hamsters. They had to eat, yeah, they had to eat a guinea pig, and there was a corpse that they had to So that, that's where the uh, the rumor of guinea pig eating came from. Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually an extra on, the, on YouTube. They never showed that on TV. It was very morbid. <laughs> It was a very weird clip to watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a corpse, and they both try to act, like, kind of excited by it. <laughs> it's like, we found this mummy. Whoa. Now yeah. there's 13 cameras for date night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when um, they were sort of following you guys around the season, Reality Fan Forum had something about a guinea pig being eaten. I just uh, sort of assumed it would be a, a cut task or something. Oh, that would have been awful. I love to eat meat, but a guinea pig? Ooh. <laughs> But Jenny said it was good. On that clip, she's like, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Strange date. Yeah. Well, we we mocked that 
date night card because we just sort of got a second flash of it. A yummy dinner with a mummy. I'm just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) The real question is, Rochelle, did you accept his rose? His rose? Yeah, because it was uh, a one-on-one date from The Bachelor, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did accept his rose, yeah. (laughs) Good, because Mike would have been going home. (laughs) Did you guys uh, watch Much Amazing Race before you were cast? Not before we were cast. Um, I actually don't really have TV and, um, I have like Netflix and stuff. So I didn't, I haven't been following it. But once we got cast, I got Hulu and I just, I pretty much, I think watched. She binged watched. Yeah. Right? Like binge, was, like we every could, single night. I couldn't but. even hang out. She was like, I was like, hey, you want to hang out? She's like, well, I'm watching Amazing Race if you want to come over. And I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> So basically, you were an amazing race, race widow, and Rochelle's going to be a Splatoon widow. It all works yes. out. Uh, yep. Pretty much. She'll feel the pain. Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we kind of got the uh, grasp on the entire show and everything. I watched. I think I watched like the first two seasons when I was a kid when it first premiered because um, I was big into Survivor and Big Brother and all that. And so I was like, all right. So I watched Big Brother or I watched The Amazing Race, but I hadn't watched it since like season two, maybe. So, in casting, they're like, well, you know, what's a detour in this and that? And I was like, well, you do a challenge. And they, I really didn't know. So, good thing we, uh, we binge-watched it and kind of helped me through it. And Kurt asks, if you had a choice, would you do Amazing Race again, Survivor or Big Brother? I would do Amazing Race again, for sure. I don't know about the other two, but, um, like, I'm hooked now. <laughs> like, I don't know, you know. So, that in a heartbeat, I... I would never go away for three months, so Big Brother for me would be out of the question. Um, Survivor? Uh, yeah, so they're going to put us on Survivor Blood versus Water. That's what we That'd be pretty brutal. I mean, either way, if we won, we'd come home with a million together. Yeah. We'd share it, but I don't know. Big, But the, the experience with Big Brother, that's what I originally auditioned for, and like, I loved Rochelle to death, but being stuck in a room with someone with no resources, even for 44 hours, like, <laughs> I was just, I, I was watching TV in foreign languages, and I was taking, like, four or five baths a day, so that kind of put into perspective what Big Brother would be like if I was trapped in a house for 90 days and nothing to, you know, occupy my time other than talking to other people, which, and I'm usually pretty quiet, so, I don't know, it would, <laughs> it would take a lot more consideration than, uh, if you would have caught me maybe a year ago when you asked me that question. but Especially with uh, how awful the cast have been the past couple of seasons of Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, some of them. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, that would be a... I don't know. It would be a challenge. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd be able to bite my tongue with certain people who've been on American Big Brother in the past couple of seasons. Yeah, there's there's been some... Uh, I don't know. Some people I probably wouldn't get along, but then they've had. I like like Donnie and stuff like that. He was, he was pretty nice. cool. Like, you know, I think we get along with stuff people like that. But I don't know. <laughs> Former federal agent Donnie, I think you'll find. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has, he has no hair on his lower legs because of the boots he used to wear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people go stir crazy in Big Brother. It's kind of hilarious. Big Brother can has a lot more polite people. <laughs> So I've been I've been seeing um, McCray and Spencer. They're tweeting about it all the time. I follow both of them on Twitter, and I kind of want to watch it, but I don't know. We just <laughs> I, how do you even watch it? I don't know. Can you watch it online? Do you guys know? Or? Yeah, well, we've been watching it online. We've been covering it all season this time. 
Mm-hmm. This season hasn't been as good as last season. Last season was probably the best Big Brother season in about ten years. It was awesome, Big Brother Canada too. See, that's what that's what I really want to watch is now that we're kind of in this reality family. And there's a lot of you know international show, Amazing Race, and Big Brother, and all that. And I really want to watch those, but I've never really I've never get onto uh, Amazing Race Australia if you can, because that's probably the best international franchise. Although Canada's doing very well. Canada yeah. comes back in about five weeks ish. Yeah, don't diss the Amazing Race Canada, Michael. It's it's not going to end well. Whilst John Montgomery <laughs> is amazing and regularly communicates with you on Twitter, he still uh, him alone cannot beat Amazing Race Australia. I'm afraid. <laughs> John Montgomery is the skeleton racer who chugged a pitcher of beer walking down the uh, streets of Whistler in 2010. <laughs> a Canadian hero, and now they're Amazing Race host. Now, one thing we like to do when we get teams on is to go behind your backs, basically, and talk to your castmates to see if there's any dirt they're going to give us on you. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you want to declare? No, I think, I don't know, I think they pretty much, they showed everything they could on TV for the most part, but uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) So, we will start with, we'll go for Jay Larney first, I think. Oh, boy. Who says, funny story was when Jeff and Jackie thought they stole their tuk-tuk in Phuket. So when Jeff saw him later, he asked Mike, hey, how do you like your tuk-tuk ride? And Mike innocently enough said it was great, not knowing Jeff's implication <laughs> that they stole their tuk-tuk. Because, of course, Mike had no clue they didn't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was a that was a thing that happened. Uh... That they actually should have showed, because they were so mad at us. And we didn't even realize that they were thinking we were the ones that stole their tuk-tuk. And it was actually, I think, because Matt proposed to Ashley during this whole thing when we're all on the mat that they didn't show this part because there was a lot going on. But they were, so they called everyone to the mat and they were um, talking about how their uh, tuk-tuk got stolen. And we're just standing there and, you know, Jeff is like, what did he say? Like, he was just like, he's like, well, I'd be man enough to, like, tell somebody if my tuk-tuk was stolen. You know, I'd be the man that would just fess up. <laughs> I was like, we didn't take your top top. And then, like, halfway through, it's like, wait, you guys are accusing us of taking your top <laughs> like, We had no idea. It was it was funny, though, when we were we were getting uh, undressed out of our ladyboy costumes, and I just, Jeff just comes up, he's like, how'd you like your top top ride? And I was like, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and we had no idea. But then, I'd come to find out, it was actually Matt and Ashley who took it. <laughs> but I don't think Matt wanted to say anything, because he knew the big proposal was coming up, so he just wanted keep quiet on that on that front but that was that was a fun thing <laughs> so the proposal was a diversion essentially the proposal overshadows stealing somebody else's tuck tuck no one nobody's even going to care about it anymore no, no. <laughs> the proposal overshone our one too so we were like our win and so we were talking to matt and ashley actually when we saw him in new york and we're like when we go to your wedding, we're going to have uh, Mike propose to me to steal your thunder. <laughs> and Bergen wanted us to talk about what happened at the Tokyo airport overnight. Oh, that, that was a grueling night. There was a, a, basically, it was us, Bergen and Kurt, and John and Harley. And we had to camp out, not sleep, camp out in front of an escalator for probably a good seven or eight hours. Um... Because they wouldn't let us up to the ticket counters until like 6 a.m. or something like that. So we decided to line up, Rochelle and I, and then Bergen and Kurt and John and Harley. And we just, it was the longest, I don't even know how many hours. It was the longest period of time in my life. 
And we didn't even realize we were hanging out with Jonathan Knight this whole entire time. (laughs) We hung out with him all night and had no idea that he was Jonathan Knight from the New Kids on the Black. No, we just we just thought he was just a dude. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we camped out and then um as soon as they lifted the gates or for us to go into like the airport area, we sprinted to the door and I think me and Mike got there first and um, those two were behind us. Little, lo and behold, everyone already had like reserved their tickets already, and us three had weren't able to, and we had no idea that that was happening. But then when we got to the ticket line, um, I think me and Mike were obviously the only ones that got tickets, and that's how the whole Jonathan and Harley um, things happened when they couldn't get to Phuket. Yeah, there was there was actually. Yeah, I <laughs> I think Rochelle was getting upset with me. It was before, like, the ticket counter had opened. Um, or I guess their workers were coming in, but they weren't opened yet. And uh, I was walking in there, and I was just like, hey, like, can you, like, take people one at a time to come in here and grab tickets? And they're like, <laughs> oh, no, we can't do that. I was like, no, like, you know, we're, we're on a race and everything. And, like, you you open at 6 a.m. or whatever, and then you grab us two, and we'll buy tickets. Then the next two, and they're like, oh, we don't know. We can't really do that. And... But it was just, it was a huge fiasco, and we just happened to get really, really lucky by waiting it out first for hours upon hours, but it was, it was a fun experience, though, looking back on it. It was hilarious. We have one from Laura who says, this is a sweet one, Mike and Rochelle, you two are such great role models and an inspiration for what a supportive and loving relationship should look like. When I first noticed Mike was wearing a shirt with Rochelle's face on it, I knew he was a keeper, haha. But, (laughs) but honestly, that is so sweet and cute. Now get married and have some babies. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like Laura. <laughs> and that's yeah, Laura's awesome. Yeah, she's actually really funny. Like they didn't they didn't highlight enough of her um, humor. Yeah, yeah. She, she had really good yeah. humor. She was really funny, and she's awesome to be around. Hung out with her last week in um, New York at the finale party, and the humor's still there. She's still Laura. She's great. Well, I remember thinking we thought quite highly of her in the uh, the preview, but previous podcast we did but we we didn't really see that much of her humor we just saw sort of intensity and tyler pretends to be funky kong and james bond and everything else <laughs> yeah they were they were great they were fun um actually like watching back back on the show like seeing how much fun they had and all the selfies tyler took i was like they were we were in such pressure and we were like Stressed think, out. Yeah, we were so stressed out thinking yeah. we were going to get eliminated all the time. And he's, like, taking selfies with, like, the, the clomping guy and all that. Jeez. <laughs> Something tells me Matt didn't take a selfie with the clomping guy. No. <laughs> he didn't. I wish... He's another one I wish they would have shown. Matt and Ashley are hilarious. Yeah, they did... Like, like they showed me a little bit of their humor, but those two are... Like, the most outrageous, hilarious people I think I've ever met in my life. Yeah, they were... I mean, I get... If you've seen the clip of the fanny pack when he lost it in Phuket... You were like that all of the time, though. Yeah. Like, it was never a dull moment of them. Wait, I remember there was a time where Ashley couldn't get on a plane because her backpack was too big or something, and Matt was just like... He was pacing back and forth and up the <laughs> ramp. And, like, he's trying to, like, block people from going. <laughs> I think he was trying to block Jenny and Jelani from actually going into the terminal because their backpacks were as big as Ashley's. <laughs> They're a hilarious couple. Yeah, I've heard he got a little bit stressed in Monaco as well, trying to find the boat. <laughs> Apparently they like, didn't show that. <laughs> no, they didn't. And then the um, Metal Castle, the, the Bangkok, that was... 
I think on the Fitbit, he, he said he had like 10 miles or something. <laughs> yeah. They were there for hours looking for Metal Castle, and, it, and that became our inside joke with them. We still, to this day... Metal Castle! We always joke about the Metal Castle. Yeah, when I go to Bangkok in October, I might have to shout Metal Castle at some point. Yeah, you should. No, no one, one will know what you're saying. No one will have any idea what that is, but... <laughs> and we have one final... Paragraph, I should say, from uh, someone else from your cast. And this is, I, even if I didn't have the name of this one, I could tell it was Hayley. Uh. <laughs> she says, oh man, this sounds so fun. I'm going to partake in some birthday shenanigans with them next week. I fly up and meet them in Michigan for some new kids on the block to celebrate Rose's birthday. One of my favourite things was Mike's watermelon hat he wore on the race. I miss it slash want one myself. Ha 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 ha. I'm also still lolling about how sweaty his kneecaps would get. He had sweat stems on his knees in Monaco in that corduroy like suit he was rocking. Mike and Ro were almost like our little alliance from day one since we were at the back of the pack. We love them, and with Rochelle, she's a vegetarian, and this one night in Namibia, we were so hungry. They were setting up a huge buffet for us, and we couldn't wait to eat. Come to find out it was a meat buffet, lots and lots of random meats, and poor Rochelle had one option of a bland salad. I felt so bad for her that they didn't have more options. It must have felt like a nightmare. <laughs> oh my god. That was really depressing, actually. Because we were, we waited, we, Ran a whole entire leg. And I think they made us wait like four or five hours to eat dinner. And we were all getting so grumpy. Like, everyone's like, when is dinner? When is dinner? You know? And um, so we fi- <laughs> they're finally like, all right, you guys can go eat. And because I think it was, getting, it was catered or whatever. And so we get up to the buffet. And I start lifting, like, each of the lids off of the food. And it was literally, like, meat. Me, me, zebra. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So Mike got revenge on the zebra that attacked him then, or? No, I, I went over to his cage though before dinner. We had a little, uh, we had a little heart to heart, and I told him how much I absolutely hated him. <laughs> but there was a, there was an ostrich there too that was like super mean in the cage. Me and Blair were like making fun of it. <laughs> they had like a muzzle on it and everything like that. And I was like, I'm glad. We didn't have to walk there the There was Oscar. no ostrich there. He was, like, hissing at people and <laughs> muzzle on. I love how the two times that Amazing Race internationally has been to Namibia in the past year, both of them have involved ridiculous animal tasks. Because Australia versus New Zealand also went there, as Kat and Jesse will tell you, and had very, what's the word, gropey monkeys. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> they had to transport... Uh, a couple of baboons, and the baboons especially like blonde ladies. <laughs> and fondling them. Wow. <laughs> so Haley should probably be thankful that uh, you didn't have that task. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, what's out from Reddit wants to know, do you remember any of the dances you had to learn? Yeah. I, I tried know. to forget them all. I never want to do one of those dances again, but... Uh, I remember the Japanese dance pretty well. Uh, a little bit of the ladyboy dance. Um, the Peru dance, it was... That was so hard. It was it was a lot of fun in the end, but, like, the dance in Peru was just... It was so ridiculous, and there were so many parts to it, but I think the one that will always stick with me is the um, the one in Tokyo with this yeah. order. And uh, having to use and Jeff and Lida. Yeah. <laughs> We got a lot of heat from that in the beginning on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, we were going to be, like, the, we the were villains like, this season. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. But We honestly thought, though, at the time that we were – it was just us two there. And 
um, when right before, like we were trying to find that dancing challenge together and we left, we both, we both teams separated in two different cabs and they got there maybe like 10, 15 minutes before us. So we saw how quickly that, um, they could navigate. Yeah. They could navigate really well. And so we saw like just even just getting in the cab at the same time, if they're able to beat us. So at that point, especially since it was a blind U-turn and it wouldn't pound against us, I mean, I think anyone in that situation would have done the same thing. So Yeah, we've got a question from David O'Leary on Facebook who says, was it inappropriate for you guys to use the older couple, Jeff and Lyda? No. <laughs> no, we didn't, we didn't do it because they were the older couple. We, just, <laughs> we would have done it to anybody. And the thing was is, I mean, if you look back on the episode is... They don't show anybody in our vicinity at any time. It was just us and Jeff and Lyda, and we left, and we actually had, like, some problems getting a cab driver to the U-turn board. So we, even in our minds, it crossed that Jeff and Lyda maybe left the dance challenge and already had been there. So that was our only decision was that was the, the last team we saw, and we knew they were still at the detour the last time we seen them. So we just threw their faces up on the board and, you know, hoped that, they were still there, and luckily they were. So it helped us out. Because otherwise we'd be talking to Jeff and Lydia right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they were like, the pilot and the flight attendant or whatever, uh, Tyler was saying that he, when they found out that we U-turned them, Tyler, like, thanked us because he said they were in the airport, like, writing down, like, locations of everything, and he was talking to, like, stewardesses and pilots and just getting pictures of every airport and every area we had to go. So they were really studying things really intensely and in depth. So that might not have ended well if we didn't get them out, but we love them. They're, they're super nice people and they still are. So what was their reactions when they found out it was you who you turned them? We actually told them, um, at the end of, end of the race, there was like a dinner that we all uh, met up for and we ate dinner before we flew out and, um, I think, Mike, you went up and told them, didn't you? Yeah, I went up and I told them. I was like, you guys know who you turned you? And they're like, well, we kind of figured it out. I was like, yeah, it was us. And and they were very, they were like, we thought it was Matt and Ashley. Because at that dancing challenge, there was a rumor going around. And Matt and Ashley were saying that they heard somebody use the U-turn. Which, I mean, how would they hear that was the thing. So when Jeff and Lyda got to the U-turn board... And they suspected, you know, oh, Matt and Ashley were saying somebody used it. They must have U-turned us. So I later said there was a bunch of unaired footage of them in the um, in the cab just calling them Jersey Shore. And cho- I hope you choke on a cannoli and <laughs> a bunch of stuff. And I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> that, that was us. And <laughs> They were cool. They said they would have done the same thing. Yeah, in so. the position. If they would have left first, they would have done it to us. So luckily they didn't leave first. So Hyrule All on Reddit says, how did you deal with the stress of the race so well? You both hardly ever lashed out at one another and seems to just go with the flow. I credit it all to Mike. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's just so laid back, and I think there was times where I could, like, we were almost to that point where we were going to freak out, and he's just so calming, and um, I don't know how he does it, but he was definitely... Um, the person on our team keeping us calm at all times. So I just I got uh, stressed out a lot in um, I don't know it was like airports and stuff. I just didn't like that. But I always I kind of just always keep calm and I don't really lash out or anything like that because it's not worth it. I mean, especially if you're in a race for a million dollars, it's just if you do that, it's just going to be a lot of 
dissension and unneeded uh, unneeded stress that I'm going to add if I lash out or anything like that or let my stresses show. So I just kind of kept it all, you know, inside and enjoyed it and drank a beer or two, and then I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apart from towards Peruvian clowns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peruvian clothes. Yeah. So were you banned from being near balloons at all future birthday parties, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that, that clown was... Uh, I felt so bad, actually. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, here's here we go. If there's anybody behind us, there, you know, I, I didn't think it was, there was possible, but I was like, if there's anybody behind us, I just pop their clue. Like, <laughs> they're not going to see the red and yellow balloons, so... You're still not Tyler levels of just looking supremely annoyed at the clown's existence. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't seem to like that clown at all. <laughs> just sort of looking at his watch. It's like, hurry up, let's go. Not dealing with this. <laughs> the thing was, I don't know how long they were there, but like, with us and the clown, we were only there for like 20 seconds, if that, before he gave us anything, or she gave us anything. That's still undetermined what it is, but. I don't know why he looks so annoyed, but... Tori Williams on Facebook says, which leg of the race was the hardest and why? Ooh. Leg 11, I think, was... Yeah. It was just... Because there were, you know, there's only four teams left, and the challenges were super hard. Um, right off the bat with the... Um, you had to find your little... The little clue on the mosaic, and it was so big, and just I think everything. we had leg. the last... I think we were the last ones to the mosaic, too, so we there was only one little flag left on there, and we, I think we sat there and we were trying to look just in the section that the postcard was in. So it was like this little square, but it was, they, I think they meant like the panel of the entire wall. So I, we were like using our magnifying glasses. Looking like, at it, it was like that little bird or whatever that was yeah. on the postcard. So we're like, well, the clue's got to be in this bird. But there were like four or five different ones then. It's just... I don't know. I thought it was going to... That was one thing I was actually a little upset with. I was like, well, they gave us this postcard, and it said the clue was going to be here, and it wasn't in here, and we had to look <laughs> elsewhere, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, that leg... That was, whole entire leg was really, really tough. Um, but a close second, I think, would be uh, Bangkok. Um, the, yeah, Bangkok was terrible. It was hard Never for did. everybody, and the language barrier was super, super... Like, nobody could understand a word we were saying, and... Um, it took a, how long did it take us to get a cab? Like maybe a, a half hour, a half hour to get a cab. And we were trying to get to, um, that we're trying to get to the, um, the roadblock, the transmission, yeah. that automotive Avenue or whatever it was. And we had our clue and we were showing him, you know, the little section of where it said to go. And he just kept seeing like the plane. And so he's like airport, airport. And we're like, no, 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 we need to go here. Um, so he's like, okay, okay. And I think we drove around his cab maybe half an hour, hour and a half Probably. or so. It was a long time. And then he just dropped, he tried to drop us off at the U.S. Embassy. And <laughs> <laughs> we were like, this is not where we need to go, you know. So eventually, um, we had him take us to a hotel and, um, we found someone, uh, the bellboy actually could understand us and we were able to use his phone but the language barrier there made it almost impossible to get anywhere that's why in that episode we disappeared for like 25 minutes but at least Rochelle killed the roadblock oh yeah (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) I was like bragging out on the corner I was standing there with uh, I think it was Jenny and Jackie 
And they're like, oh, you know, you're standing here with the girls. So I was like, yeah, one leg, I'm dressing as a ladyboy. The next, my girlfriend's tearing apart my transmission. And they're like, can she do it? Can she do it? I was like, oh, yeah, I have total confidence. And, and then she comes running around that corner. And I was like, yes. I was like, I told you. I told you, girls. I told you she could do it. I do think that was your crowning moment of awesome, actually. Was just uh, getting in there in like fifth, and <laughs> you jumped to like three or four places. It was very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Would that be the same like with the pit stop incidents then? Because uh, Michael and heard something about uh, something happened at the Bangkok pit stop. When we were at the mat, there, well, we checked in with uh, Jeff and Jackie and Jenny and Jelani, and there was like. Phil was really asking the questions about blind dating and not, like, you know, communicating well with each other. And there's a little, there's actually an extra clip on CBS.com where, or YouTube or whatever they're doing. But um, we're at the mat and Phil was asking us, they're like, well, what do these blind date couples need? Like, what do they need to do? And we're just like, well, just listen to each other and then work it out. And, I mean, that was the only thing that happened is us three checked in. Uh, Jenny and Jackie were not happy with their partners, but... Nothing, nothing big. Yeah, that changed for Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) From what I've heard, she was very happy with him. (laughs) I love both perpetuating our myth of the sex tape thing and also it being slightly rooted in truth. (laughs) Not necessarily the sex tape, but but (laughs) certainly from what I've heard of Elimination Station. (laughs) Brandles on Reddit says, did the producers really concoct the truck stop backstory for you? Did they buy you the I Heart Truck Stops t-shirt? <laughs> no, um, the story was, I mean, it was the whole, my parents own a gas station, and what I actually, what I actually do there is sell, like, vintage video games, and I do, like, a resale shop, and during casting, you know, they kind of asked things I did, and I threw out, you know, oh, I do wrestling promoting, and our angle was going to be the wrestler and the roller derby girl, and they're like, no, we have wrestlers on last season. So I was like, well, you know, day to day I do this vintage video game resale, my, you know, out of my parents' gas station. And they're like, well, tell me more about your parents' gas station. And I was like, well, they have a kitchen in it. You know, I'll hop out in there sometimes. And they're like, wow, like, so it's like a truck stop. And I was like, no, it's just like a convenience store gas station. <laughs> but I think like, you know, over in Hollywood, there's not too many truck stops or convenience store restaurant gas stations. So they just got this grand idea of calling it a truck stop. So we, you know, we went with it. I was like, all right, whatever. We'll call it a truck stop. And we ironically made up the shirt. Rochelle made the shirt. I heart truck stops. And we're like, that's oh. a joke because he was like, man, like I'm a truck stop manager. You know, it's like, dude, we need to make like a shirt that says I love truck stops. It just says a joke, you know. But yeah. <laughs> lo and behold, everyone started calling us like the truckers. And I'm like, I'm not a trucker, you know. But well. <laughs> the funny part was with the shirt, though, was in casting. You know, they're like, you have to send all your clothes to get it pre-approved and what you can wear so there's no logos. So we sent that along as a joke. Like, it was a 100% joke because they cast us as a truck stop, love, whatever. So I sent that along, and the casting director was like, I love that. You're wearing that at the starting line. You have to wear that shirt. And I was like, oh, my gosh. that's So, so now I have a shirt that I heart truck stops that I will never, I'll never forget. Or wear again. Or wear again, ever. <laughs> Does your uh, town have more or less traffic lights than the Cowboys town as well? Because that is a comparison we need to determine. We have two traffic lights. Ooh. I think the Cowboys only had one. 
I think they only yeah, have one yellow. Like flash and yellow. <laughs> but they do not have a trout fountain like our town. Yeah, we have a trout fountain. <laughs> so that that's actually like that was actually Phil's. Phil loved the um, in Kalkaska where the trout town, which is why I wore the hashtag Trout Town King shirts. So in our casting interviews and everything, when we met with uh, the producers and Phil, we were talking about the trout town, and we have a trout statue, and in our local bar we have trout shots, and Phil could not get enough. Of just wrapping his mind, he's been all around the world how many times, and he just cannot wrap his mind around the small town that revolves around the fish of a trout. And <laughs> he had so many, he had questions about what's in the trout shot and this and that. So it really helped us out. And but that, that's where we're from. We're from a trout town with two traffic lights. And you have to bear in mind, Phil is from New Zealand. There's not a lot going on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so for him to really him to really think about this was. I don't know. I think they should do a leg here in Kalkaska. They should do a, night, a starting leg in Kalkaska, or the finish line could be in front of the trout statue. <laughs> Throw that out there. Start the campaign. You you guys can be the greeters. And we can greet them yeah. with our um, semi-truck. Yeah. <laughs> a big truck out there in front of them. I was going to say, surely the pit stop's got to be your truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. See, it all works out. Amazing race legs have been uh, done on less. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mainly in all stars, <laughs> which we still gripe about, despite the fact it's a year since we've actually been forced to talk about it. That was, that was like we didn't get to watch all stars. You guys are so lucky. It was the first full season we decided to podcast about, and yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> that's timing on our part. <laughs> that, that's the closest we've ever got to basically just being a podcast of swear words. <laughs> But at least we've had two good seasons since, where we can actually enjoy talking about it. Yeah, last, last season was really good, too. We have a question from our very own Logan here, who says, what is your favorite Mario Kart track? Jeez. <laughs> this really put me on the spot. Yeah. The hardest-hitting question of the, this whole interview, by the way. Like, this is this is the Frost-Nixon of, of questions. <laughs> this is the one that determines which one I keep spamming to annoy you on Wi-Fi. I want to say, when I was a kid, on the 64, they had the Wario, the one, like, the dirt course or whatever. Oh, yeah, Wario Stadium? Yeah, that was my favorite as a kid. But then I kind of liked the new Rainbow Road on Mario Kart 8. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> as a, on the, the 64 version as a kid, though, I would get sick. I would get really dizzy when I played it. So I think that might be part of it, is when I played now as an adult on the new course, that... I didn't get sick, I didn't get dizzy, and I didn't get a headache, so I appreciated it more. But it would be, I don't know, I, I would pick the 64 Wario Stadium as my number one all-time favorite. I'm just dreading when they get to like Mario Kart 10 and do an entire cup of Rainbow Roads, because yeah. I, it's always one of my least favorite tracks. Why is it really? <laughs> Mainly because I'm not very good at sharp turns. I take oh. turns very wide, <laughs> especially on 200cc. That's that's when I learned to do the uh, the sharp turns was on that that course because I was just playing normally I wouldn't I wouldn't take the sharp turns anytime but I was like all right I need to master Rainbow Road. I'm just so disappointed they haven't brought back Cooper Cape again. Cooper Cape from the Wii is my all time favorite track. I I never really played the Wii one. Just... Well, the thing is Cooper Cape's the only one I've ever bit had like top hundred in the world time on. All oh, of my wow. friends at school will not play me on it because I <laughs> I am lethal at it. I love it. <laughs> Jeez. What's favorite, Logan? 
My favorites? Oh, I'm not. I'm not the one who answers the questions. No, just kidding. Ah, let's see. Um, probably. I know. Uh, I think Koopa Cape was one I used to play a lot as well. I'm trying to think. There's this. I think what was it Maple Treeway on the Wii? I think I played quite a bit. Yeah, because I really like the music and just uh, how unique the track was overall in contrast to the other uh, tracks on Mario Kart Wii. So. I remember playing that one a fair bit, and uh, Sunshine Airport on Mario Kart 8, That's a, I find that to be a pretty yeah. sweet one overall. That one is cool. I like that one, too. I like the um, I like the jungle level, the Donkey Kong level on uh, 64 also. I don't know. I'm just a very... I'm, I always lean towards the six, anything 64, because that's what I would collect, and that's what I grew up on. So everything on that's classic to me. So I do have sure, sure. 64 tracks. Whenever we're playing on Wi-Fi, Logan always picks... Um, Mute City as well on the from the DLC. Every single time it comes up, he always picks Mute City. I haven't I haven't gotten any of the DLC for anything that really. I got I got, I got the Mewtwo from um for Smash Bros. Yeah, but that's about it. The Mario Kart DLC is probably my favorite DLC Nintendo have ever done. It's so good. Well, now you just sold it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because the Animal Crossing track is just awesome. I love it. So I wanted to play as Link too. I think that would be kind Hi-ya! of. Cool. <laughs> to see Link in a Mario Kart game is pretty Link is my main on Smash as well, so I do have soft spot for Link. And... I am horrible with using him, but I'm usually I'm not that great with Super Smash Brothers games in general, even though I play them a lot, but just whenever I use Link, I am just atrocious, and then I always switch back to Yoshi or Diddy Kong within about two seconds. <laughs> Hyrule Circuit on the Mario Kart DLC is awesome as well. The music on that is just badass, because it's just a version of the theme. But <laughs> properly orchestrated. Wow, I'm to get them. I'm always on the fence because I'm like, oh, you know, I bought the game for so much money, and I don't know if I should get the DLC. But then I eventually, I'm, I'm going to end up getting something. We've been downloading a lot of old like Super Nintendo games on the Wii. So, and I even got Rochelle to start playing them. She's awesome. she's so <laughs> against video games when we first I'm started. I'm not dating. against them. I just don't. She's like, I don't like video games, but now. But when Splatoon comes out, I think I'm going to get her to play that and fall in love. What's the one that we played on the Wii U the other night? The, like, the puzzle one? Uh, uh, Toad's Treasure Tracker? Oh, <laughs> yes. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. <laughs> That's awesome. If you want an eShop game that you'll enjoy, it's probably more of a, a single-player game. But it's Pushmo, I think, in America. It's called, it's called Pool Blocks over here. And it uh-huh. is just... It's a typical Nintendo game where it's sort of... Visuals of a three-year-old child, heart of a serial killer. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm, I'm playing the threequel at the moment, and it is just—it's one of those games where you think, "Oh, this looks so easy," and then you just—you get like halfway into it and go, "Oh, you mother! Why are you horrible? <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with this?" <laughs> We'll have to get that one. Yeah, I'll have to try that out. But yeah, there's um, there's three games in that series, and then a Wii U version as well called Pushmo World, I'm assuming for you guys. But they're, they're well worth getting. And Michelle Pierce Denovan, our very own, says, did you take any tips from other past races, or what you've previously seen on the show? Um, We definitely, I think, watching the seasons, we chose what to pack a lot due to seeing what other people were using that they brought. But the funny part is, like, we saw people use duct tape and all this other stuff, like, like um, a compass and all this stuff. We never used any of it. No, we, um. we had our bags full of this stuff. We had a, um, we had like a number, like a counter, where you would 
and then it would, you know, it would go up. We had that. We had duct tape. We had what else? We had everything you can imagine. But yeah, none of it got used. And even like at the Fitbit challenge, I was like, all right, yeah, we got a calculator. We can do this. <laughs> and, and then, then they, they gave a, us calculators. Yeah, they were like, where can we this? <laughs> but um, other than that, um, just I think the biggest thing from watching previous seasons um, that I learned that really uh, kept us going, or at least myself, was just seeing how you never know where you're at um, on the leg and in the race. So there's a lot of times it just where we thought we were down and out, where we, I guess, referred back to what we've seen previously and knowing that it's never over till you're at the mat. And I think it kept our heads in the game a lot, um, just knowing that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, duct tape has come in handy in previous seasons. Was it Stephen Alley who ended up duct taping half of a car? Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind as well. <laughs> we saw that. Yeah, that's where we're like, we need duct tape. <laughs> but uh, we never used it. Well, as an engineer, you should know that the only two things you need are duct tape and WD-40. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I don't know if WD forty would pass like uh, airport security, but... but it's helpful for when stuff uh, doesn't move that should. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marissa Gassner says, "Were the sleeping accommodations that bad, or was it just for the chef? I mean, they weren't like Survivor, were they? No, they were. No. None of it was bad. Um, the most, like, the worst places we stayed weren't even that bad. Like." We stayed in the ballroom in Monaco on the floor, which, but I we, mean... We built a tent, so we, we yeah. built a fort. <laughs> Nobody else built a fort, but we did, so... And that wasn't really that bad. We had, like, a mat. I could sleep on the floor, you know, any day. And then um, we also, I think the second least accommodating was the Internet Cafe in Tokyo, which was actually, like, a internet, like, porn place, <laughs> like a what? 20... Hour. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they didn't show. That's what they didn't show. There was like um There were phone booths, uh showers. <laughs> um Magna, like anime everywhere. Yeah. Um and you could like I don't know if you could like rent comics or rent movies or something. But the cubicles actually had like a little computer chair and a computer <laughs> in there. So you could close the door on your com- you know, on your cubicle and sit on the computer and do whatever you might want to do. And there were people coming in and out all night. So when we woke up this morning, we're like, everybody just kind of agreed, all right, we know what this place is. is. And so it's like time, (laughs) the one gross thing was like, it was time to get up and shower and everybody's getting ready to shower. And there were two showers in there. And one of them was like ankle deep in, like the water was backed up or something. And then I took a shower in that one. And then when we all just kind of talked and kind of found out what the place was, (laughs) I was really regretting my shower. <laughs> it made you need another shower. Yeah. So Nagano, that's when I started taking excessive baths. So when we got to Nagano's hotel, took like three or four baths. So whilst we were talking out of our asses about Jeff and Jackie making a sex tape, actually, you stayed in accommodation where it would have been acceptable. Yeah, I could. I mean, if it wasn't on the first leg, it may have happened. Like if we're farther in the race, that was the one place. Um, uh, <laughs> other, other than that, though, we stayed in some really, like, really nice hotels, like, really nice hotels, and we stayed in some, like, mid-grade ones as well, but, um, I think my favorite sleeping accommodation, though, was probably Africa. We got to, like, camp out, um, as you saw, like, 
under the mountains and stuff. Yeah, we had had a um, we had a boys camp out too. We're out around the campfire. Everybody went to bed, and us guys were hanging out and you know gossiping, gossiping. You know what guys do. (laughs) If nothing else, it was nice for us to see the return of eat, sleep, and mingle. It was nice to see you guys actually be able to communicate at a pit stop instead of being segregated. That was super nice, and it was Thanksgiving actually, so um, they had like this awesome uh, meal catered, and there was an open bar all night, and it was fun to just like hang out with all the other yeah. teams. I wish they would have actually shown more of that, like on the TV show. There's a lot of extra clips and stuff like that, but if they would have shown more of that on the TV show, that was the time where we like really bonded and everything. And our camera crew actually said that we were the closest tight knit group of any season they've ever seen towards the end. Everybody's usually fighting, or there's alliances, or something. But I think that's kind of partially due to the fact that it's blind dating, though. So you're coming in there not having, you know, a partner that you know. So I think a lot of people were forced to mingle and, you know, interact with all the other teams because they didn't have, you know, someone else with them that they knew. Yeah, I, I've been a long advocate of having an all stranger season just because I think it'd be interesting to see happen as this season proved it's not out of the question for it to work yeah i think it would be cool yeah if it's maybe not just like dating but just you know anyone you know paired up or well what i originally thought during casting is because we had the singles with us and we were in these casting meetings and everything like that production meetings and it was just like all these teams and then there were singles i'm like who are these people with and one of the, the things that i had thought was they were paired up with, like, celebrities from other reality shows. And I thought, I think that would be kind of a cool concept. Like, you take somebody from Survivor and then pair them with a family member, you know, a friend that wants to be on The Amazing Race. I thought that was what was going to happen. but Yeah, during casting, we saw all these singles. And even after um, the week that we were learning all the rules and stuff, they were, like, they would split the blind dating people up in half. And when we were learning the rules, there was a wall divider. So we could hear, we were, all of the couples were put together with the single uh, guys. And then on the other side of the wall, we could hear um, just like girls talking. And we had absolutely no idea. They didn't tell us that that was what was going down for the season. So I don't know what story, like theories we had in our minds. There was a lot of things going on. (laughs) We could have thought of like the next five seasons worth of twists, but. We had a lot of ideas. 04 2376X from Reddit says, did you have any doubts that they that you would be cast or selected? Um, I, I don't know. It, it's a very, you never know, but I went into the experience and everything just to kind of, just kind of to do it for the experience, I guess. And like, if, if they say no, they say no. And I didn't expect anything out of it, but... When we were at casting, we actually seen couples leave. Like every, there was probably like forty couples there. And the day we arrived, there was already couples leaving that night. And then the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and we kept going through all our interviews. And we were there the entire week. And um, they're like, "Well, we'll call you in, you know, a couple weeks if you guys made it or whatever." I was just excited for a free trip to LA. So I was like, (laughs) well, we got a free trip to LA, you know, and we'll see what happens. But. And then when they called, I was like, all right. And then, um, to come to find out on the race, we were talking to, I think, well, the Olympians were in our casting, but we were talking, I was talking to somebody else. I think it was CJ. And he said they had done their casting earlier in the summer and we went in late August, early September. 
So they had a couple different groups of casting. Three different casting uh, sessions, and we were the last one. Yep, and then us and the Olympians were the last two teams chosen, and I don't know, it was just, it was crazy. You know, like I said, I didn't really expect anything out of it. I didn't say, hey, I'm going into this and we're going to get cast 100%, but I guess that worked, so we were we were super excited. But when we got the call that we were cast, we just, like, we had, like, a blank stare looking at each other for, like, 45 seconds, <laughs> like, all right, we're racing around the world for a million dollars in a couple months, let's do this. Yeah, for as much crap as we give... LA for having either the start or finish every single season. I can vouch for the fact that LA is pretty badass. Yeah, we didn't get to see a lot of it because we were locked in a hotel room the whole entire time. You got to go to Universal Studios. I yes, I would yeah. agree with that. We didn't get to go into it though. No, I only got to walk around. Our hotel room actually overlooked it, so we could see it but couldn't go into <laughs> it. Well, then they were shooting a movie that um, the NWA movie that's coming out with like Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. They were filming that movie during casting, so like we were overlooking out of our room, like watching the directors on set film the movie, and we're like, "Man, I wish we could be out there and see this." But there we were in the hotel room the whole week. Yeah, in fact, ironically, it's actually the two-year anniversary today of when I went to Universal Studios Hollywood for the first time. Uh, Nancy Neurotic from Reddit C says, "You guys seemed pretty separated from the other teams. Which team were you closest to, or liked the most?" Um. Well, like she said, we didn't actually like get very very close with a lot of teams um we kind of just stayed we were social but not like overly social and I don't really feel like we got super super close with any teams but um definitely uh Blaley um we were really we were stuck in the second flight with them um we started at the bottom yeah with Blair and Haley yeah and so we bonded with them um, and they were probably, believe it or not, one of the more down-to-earth peoples. Um, so we got along with them really well. Um, also, uh, CJ and Libby were really cool. We didn't um, get a lot of time with them. Yeah, but... they, they were out in the second leg, but in um, in LAX, when we went through, we went through the mud run, then we went to LAX, and that's where I met CJ. And there was no cameraman in the bathroom, so technically we couldn't talk to each other. Um, but like, that's where I met him and we hung out we were drying our clothes and washing our clothes in the sink for a good hour. It's so, funny. Yeah, they were, they, they were a hilarious couple. Um, but then like, as the race went on, uh, Matt and Ashley, you know, they were just hilarious to be around all the time. Um, I mean, Bergen and Kurt Bergen were and awesome. Kurt, John and Harley. Yeah. Um, when we spent that whole night in Tokyo airport, that's where we got really close to John and Harley and Kurt and Bergen. Um. And they're just, I mean, everybody all around is great. Uh, I wish we would have got to spend more time with Jeff and Lana, but that's our bad, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't really uh, blame anyone else for that. <laughs> but it's nice, but yeah, and, and it's all, we're all good friends with everybody that was on the season, and we probably will be for the rest of our lives, so. Yeah, from our interactions with Bergen, he came out of the woodwork a lot earlier than you guys did with listening to us. And Bergen did use to tweet us after every episode, just sort of yeah, <laughs> giving us opinions. Yeah, Bergen Bergen went wild on social media, so it's fun to watch his updates. And him and uh, him and Kurt pranked everybody and said they could engage last week. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> the chat going on between the five of us from Yankcast just going, "What the hell?" <laughs> is this real? <laughs> yeah, we. I knew as soon as we seen it that it was just uh, an idea they came up with. They were. I mean, you can't go on the show and say 
hey, you know, we can get along. We're not made for each other. And then propose to each other out of nowhere. I'm like, come on, guys. Knowing, like, Work actually seeing how uncompatible they were, there was, like, absolutely no way in hell they were going to get engaged. So I'm not sure anyone who saw the casting thought that they would be anything towards compatible, honestly. <laughs> no. Well, and it's funny because they both described what they wanted. And they wanted, like, manly men and, like... They got each other, which was... Like, <laughs> they basically was, got their twins. Yeah, yeah. There were times I had a double take and, like, remember which one was which. <laughs> as much as I understand that they're both hilarious characters, they pro- that was probably their biggest miss with the casting in terms of not actually giving them what they wanted and completely giving them the opposites. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, Hyrule All, very good name from Reddit, uh, says, will you both learn to drive stick now? Did you practice before the race? We did practice before the race. Um, Rochelle's actually a better stick driver than I am. (laughs) Although I drove the whole time. Uh, I kind of learned as I went, but up here, everything is highway. So you're driving like on the open roads and there's not many traffic lights or there's not many much traffic at all. So the first experience I've had with city driving a stick shift was in Munich. So that's why I didn't do so well is because I've never practiced in that type of setting. And there's no really way to practice in that setting for us. Um, yeah, I'll never drive one again. <laughs> yeah, great advert for Ford there. <laughs> Alex Liang says, tell them that they had a lot of love from the UK as I wanted them to win so bad. I'll agree with that. I adore Rochelle in particular and think she's going to be such a cool mum. Thank you. Uh, Susan Mitchell wants to know, did you hear any rude comments from other uh, players? And did you uh, did it phase you at all, if you did? Um, not really. And the only rude comment I was like that we heard, well, there was a couple, but when Tyler called us a weak team, uh, <laughs> that one kind of shocked me a little. Yeah. But um, I think they showed that one purposely, though, because he called us a weak team, and they left before us, then we checked in. And then we and beat they, them. They but, almost yeah. got eliminated that leg. But, yeah, that was really the only one that I heard there. Um, I mean, I'm sure there were others or whatever in that stressful situation and stuff. Or Plus, I think a lot of – I mean, just looking at us, I think a lot of people um, didn't expect us to do well. Um so I, I'm sure all the other teams were, you know... Well, no, uh, Lyda didn't like your combat boots. That oh, was yeah. She, <laughs> Lyda didn't like boots. Yeah, she told me that. But uh, they made fun of me about my boots, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a week or two where we declared war on Tyler because he'd slagged you guys off and Blair and Haley. Yeah, I, I guess just in the heat of the moment. Um, but I don't know. But, I mean, there were also times, like, when you see me, when I said all that stuff about Jenny, that was, like, (laughs) I mean, that was them kind of, like, well, what was Jenny saying? What did she do? And stuff like that, asking those questions. And I just kind of explained myself what I've seen and, you know, what how she was reacting. And then in editing, that's how they show it. But, I mean, it could have been anything. But as far as I know, everybody hopefully likes us and we like everybody else. And we'll do one final question from Reddit. Which is from Heartbreak2014, who says, What skill did you have that you hoped would come up on the race? I, roller skating, obviously, <laughs> but I don't want to see Mike on roller skates. I think that would have no. been like the ice skating challenge, so. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. 
Nice. I can play video games. <laughs> like, maybe if we would have flew to Tokyo and went to like Nintendo or Sega headquarters or something like that and did a video game challenge, it would have been well. But um, no, I don't know. It's just I feel like what I had is what they showed and what they aired, and I don't really have any secret talents or anything like that. I can't drive a stick. I can't control a zebra. So <laughs> kind of showed what I have. So, but you do make a wonderful ladyboy. Well, thank yes. you. Thank you. <laughs> That would have been a ridiculous challenge for me because, you know, I'm 6'5 and have huge feet. So they probably wouldn't have found the shoes for me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was quite the challenge. Yeah, but I, I love the fact that we predicted your potential from the preview in 25 when I got the screen cap of you doing the ladyboy task. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thanks for believing <laughs> Uh, I was counting down the episodes till we could see that challenge because I knew it just looked amazing. <laughs> and just how uncomfortable Mike looked. <laughs> he walked better in those heels than I did, though. So. Yeah, we had to walk like up and down flights of stairs, and I was just walking in heels. And I remember Rochelle looking at me, she's like, "How? Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you walking up these steps?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just. Like, I've never walked in heels before, but I guess I can He's do it." He's a natural. Maybe that's my hidden talent. They didn't show. was walking in heels. That's my answer. Well, they did show that. I'm horrible at this. <laughs> and also doing the single ladies dance. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that is about all the questions that people sent in, sadly. Thanks for having us yeah, on thank here. You. Thank you for volunteering as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for uh, enjoying the podcast all season. No, I uh, listen to you guys on my way to work, so thank you for all the entertainment and I was the one that actually invited myself on the show. Yeah, she was. <laughs> so I'm happy you guys accepted that. And it's the one interview where we've actually not had to approach anyone. It's just been like, please, can you have us? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you for letting us come on here. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for giving us a lot to talk about this season. Oh, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly, would you come back for All Stars? Yeah. Yep. In a heartbeat. We will learn. We will start practicing a stick shift if so, that's the case. Yeah, though. I'll get behind that wheel again. <laughs> Hopefully, they have the vote that Survivor did. So if they do a vote, vote Mike and Rochelle. We'll come back and win it this time. Amazing <laughs> race second chances. Yeah. The one yeah. problem I would have with Amazing race second chances would be the fact that they would bring back. They just bring back stupid teams. There would be there'd be you guys and then teams that we would just be bitching about for eleven weeks. Because <laughs> we'd probably see the Cowboys come back for a fourth time. We'd probably see Mar- Margie and Luke and uh, the Globetrotters, as much as I love them, come back for a fourth time. Yeah, I think Survivor can get away with it purely because they've restricted it to only one-time players. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe they could do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> they could do one-time players. There we go. Although there are a couple of choices that I'm still smarting about. <laughs> a lot of them matched my ballots, some of them didn't. Like T Bird and Shane, for example. This'll be a this will be a season <coughs> I kinda I kinda strayed away from Survivor and uh I don't know, I, this season I'm looking forward to to see it a little bit and yeah, I, I was glad we didn't cover this season of Survivor because it was just uncomfortable for quite a few weeks. Was it? I heard there, I heard there was some uh, controversy going on. Yeah, Logan and I were both huge fans of Shireen, who's back on uh, season 31, and she was a victim of domestic abuse, and there was a couple of male players who 
preyed on that a little bit. Oh, just sort of, <laughs> oh, man. It's one of the more uncomfortable seasons of Survivor generally, I think. Was it like Big Brother 15? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't racist, it just was not great. Although, to his credit, as much crap as we give Jeff Probst, he did address it head-on at the reunion and try and weasel some apologies out. I, I, I did catch that. We did catch that, yeah. Yeah, I was very impressed with Probst, because he does usually shy away from that sort of stuff, and he was like, nope, I'm going straight for it. Will, apologise to her. Shireen, you don't have to accept it if you don't want to. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping this cast is going to be a lot better. Because yeah. I can't deal with that again. <laughs> hopefully, sh- hopefully a good Big Brother cast this season. Yeah, because they've got four weeks before I give up on Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up after about four or five weeks the past two seasons. The last season I watched fully was Big Brother 14. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully this is a good one. Yeah. And some not stupid twists. As much as Canada has ridiculous twists like the coup d'etat that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Twist those twists, Michael. Twist those twists. As much as Canada does have a lot of producer intervention via the twists, at least they have good casts. Hopefully we get that. I'd like to see a straightforward season with no stupid twists, or maybe just a straight-up season of Big Brother. I might be hated on for that, but... The one twist that I would like to see come back is Pandora's Box, because whilst that did bring us the Return of the Duos twist, it also brings us hilarious moments every time it's on. Yeah, that is a good one. I do like Pandora's Box. But it'll be be nice to watch a reality TV season without going, hmm, I need to write notes on this. (laughs) As I will still still be doing with Amazing Race Canada, but Big Brother is off the hook. I'll just be able to watch it as a fan. There you go. You have fun with it if it's good. And really not if it's not. <laughs> so, thank you very much for joining us. In particular, big thanks to Mike and Michelle for being so generous with their time. Thank you. Yeah. If you sent in a question for Mike and Michelle, thank you very much. We did get to as many as was physically possible. And you can join Logan, Ben and I to recap the final week of Big Brother Canada 3, which Ben has spoiled the uh, upcoming HOH for us. Live on the podcast, which was a great moment. <laughs> We're just just talking about hypotheticals, and Ben actually named the new HOH, which neither of <laughs> us knew, which is nice of him. <laughs> and then that is it for the best part of a month, when Logan and I will be back for Amazing Race Canada 3, Gingiana, Jones, and the Temple of Doom. we got to come up with a new tale that didn't flow well when you said it aloud there, Mike. Yeah, it's, be- <laughs> it's because you could tell the sort of hatred in my voice of having to say that phrase. <laughs> And probably having to repeat it every week for 12 weeks. <laughs> so thank you again. Well, thank, right, you. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.